Hello my lovely friends and welcome to the first Rising with Love podcast. I'm so excited to have you here and so thrilled to basically make this podcast. I've been talking about this in such a long time and I have so many ideas for it and I can't wait to share them all. But for now I just really feel like this is a moment where I'm again allowing myself to leave my comfort zone and I feel like especially the theme that I had last year was embracing my weakness and making vulnerability my strength and I do still feel like this is a theme which until this moment now I'm still integrating more and more in my life and I as well have a feeling like this is something which never really is going to stop but it is like a lifetime theme And something which I invite you to, you know, to always leave your comfort zone and to drive for growth and to drive for expanding your horizon. So I'm super exciting and super nervous to start this journey with you today. And for today, I simply wanted to invite you to, well, no, I simply wanted to flow with you of the reasons why I'm starting this podcast basically and what this podcast is going to be about because I've decided to make this podcast because I my entire life have made a lot of experiences like a lot <laughs> and there's so much knowledge that I gained from my experiences which I would love to share with the outside world and I do believe that to some extent it really would be a disservice if I wouldn't be sharing what I have been going through Because I can see that there is a lot of potential and a lot of learning that I can offer you and that I can give you. So hopefully you don't need to make the same mistakes or the same experience as I have. Or maybe you have a chance to simply deal with things in a smooth way and do not need to go through a lot of pain and a lot of suffering like I had in my life because I have my phone here just <laughs> to uh, um, check out what I want to talk with you about because I feel like I'm, I'm just going in a bit of a flowy stage so I'm really trying to embrace my feminine here and simply let everything express itself as it wants to be expressed through me but in the same time I'm trying to have a tiny bit of structure so we're not going in the endless ocean of um, nothingness <laughs> just to keep that clear so this podcast actually is made for sensitive souls for souls who have the feeling like They're allowed to um, face a lot of challenges too in their life. Maybe people who are not really find themselves identi identified with the way how the world is going currently with the matrix, how I as well call it, that we are all living with this nine to five life. And I remember like one of my friends has been asking me, she's like, Laura, but Can you not imagine to like move back to your home city and buy a house there and like live in this neighborhood and in my world I was just like oh my gosh this would be like my worst nightmare. Don't misunderstand me. <laughs> I'm sure for some of you out there it's like your perfect life purpose and it suits your soul and your personality in the perfect matter but for me it was just never that case. I'm um, I've, I've never fit in this system from the beginning onwards which had to do with me having, like, I didn't get diagnosed with ADHD, but I was 
such an active and wild child that already in primary school, like, my mother had to take me to the psychiatrist and they basically wanted to give me Ritalin to calm me down as well because I had a reading and a spelling disorder or a problem, so I wasn't the best in it. <laughs> I wrote words quite terribly, terribly, yeah. So, um, yes, for me it was always really, really difficult to fit in the system because I wasn't like all the other chi children and I feel like nobody is like everyone because we are all so unique in our expression and we are all so beautiful. It's so different, difficult to explain. I'm trying to find my words for it. But like for that, I would need to go into how the German school system is structured. And it's just really fucked in a way. So basically we have like in primary school, we have like four different schools which you can enter afterwards. I'm making this real quick and I know it's super complicated. And um, there are like two schools which I say they're good like they're like society sees them as like okay those people are gonna make their lives and they're gonna be fine they're gonna be sweet and they're like this two schools who basically it kind of they can kind of give you the feeling like you're fucking up your entire life if you come to the other two schools like you can't be saved anymore your life is just gonna be destroyed you're never gonna make it or you're never gonna become something afterwards which is so fun because what should you become anyways And I always was too bad to come to those two good, good schools, but I was too good to be on the two bad schools. So in a way, I really never had a place in the system. And <laughs> as well, because I was just behaving completely different. And it was so weird. I remember being in primary school. It was just really weird. Although I did really enjoy my class and I liked my class already back then. I questioned so many things and as well because my mother decided against the Ritalin pills and against giving me medication, it became such an intense journey that we were having with each other because in my family history, basically, especially in my mother's family history, like they were so <laughs> achievement orientated that it was absolutely crazy. And if you didn't have a good grade and with good grade, I'm talking about a one or a two because in Germany we have the system that one is like really, really good and six is like the worst that you can get. And if you have a six, you basically fail your entire life, more or less. <laughs> um, in my family, if you didn't have a one or a two, which means like a really good or a good, then you already were like dumb as <laughs> shit. So imagine me being in that in that family system of um well basically always I always had like threes or fours, like that was like the range where I was like moving in primary school. So basically for my grandparents and for my mother I was I was dumb, like I really was dumb. They even said that to me like quite often. I love my family a lot, but in our family history, there is like a lot of abuse, a, a lot of abuse, <laughs> a lot of abuse. And they don't do that on purpose. Like this is something which I find so important to understand because I can see that in society happening so much that people are blaming their parents for what they have become. But 
I feel like it is always so important to understand that everything that our parents or our grandparents or their grandparents putting on top of us has been put on top of them first. So they had to go through all that suffering and they had been conditioned to think in that way. They had been conditioned to think that if you do not write a good or a very good, like a one or a two, then you're basically stupid. <laughs> so that that's what they've been told to do, no? And told to believe. So it's not their fault that they were saying that as well because they just simply didn't have the awareness of what that actually can cause within a child like they may have the knowing that it's hurted them but in the same time you know how it is if you're like starting to react emotionally to something because you're triggered because your ego feels attacked that's what I'm always referring to as the ego the ego is the identification with the thought and with the feeling and with the emotions but we're going to dive more into that in future <laughs> podcast episodes but just for now um, when the ego is feeling attacked and of course as a parent you want your child to be good in school first of all because they're like all the worries that you're having that if your child isn't good then you know uh, he, he might not gonna make its way in this world or it might not gonna make its world through this world or it might not find a job or it might not find a position so there is this scarcity which is around but then on, on the other side there is your ego too <laughs> just like oh well, uh, what are the other parents are saying about me like what does that say about myself if my child isn't good in school then it means that I'm not a good parent and so on and so on and if you then do not have the maturity or you never learned on how to deal with your emotion it's so easy to simply place that on top of your child and that was basically what happened in my family from generation to generation to generation. So basically from the first grade onwards, I got programmed that I'm stupid <laughs> and that I'm not good enough and that I am a failure and that regardless of what I'm doing, I'm basically not fitting into the system. And this is really important to understand because that is what I've learned and basically I believe that I truly 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 believe that because I've heard it every single day or like almost every almost every day that I'm stupid and that I don't get my shit together and that I'm not good enough and I really did believe that I believe that in so many areas of my life and it was just so interesting for me to observe on how that was unfolding during my entire school life during my entire teenage years until the point where I am right now <clears throat> so when it came to the point on primary school in it and you were starting to come to a higher school um, I didn't made it to the two good schools in Germany because you know we had like this system which I I don't know if I explained it or not where there are like two good schools in Germany and like two bad schools in Germany and basically I made it to one of the bad ones, which kind of already gives you that feeling like in Germany, <laughs> in the education system, be, um, gives you the feeling of, you know, you're never going to make it in your life. Those were kind of the schools where you afterwards would get jobs like, I don't know, working as a mechanic or working as a cashier or staying yeah, working as a cashier, just to give you an idea of that. So they were kind of telling you that if you are in that two lower schools, you do not have the possibility to get a secretary or to work for a travel agent or to do any of those kind of jobs, just to 
put it a tiny bit more in perspective i feel like it is really hard for myself to uh, <laughs> explain that because like the german school system out of my perspective is really complicated for someone who has not been raised and born in germany and only if you go to the very very good school the highest school of all you could go and go to university anyways <laughs> coming back to the point <clears throat> So I made it to one of the bad schools where you uh, kind of get the feeling like you don't have any future at all, or at least I got that. It was a really, really hard time. And during that time period, I remember that um, my family was really absent to myself. Like they they wouldn't talk for me for a while <laughs> and kind of as well said, like they would never step in that school or anything. And thankfully, though, my mother, like, as hard as we had it with each other like I love her so dearly because there was so much awareness behind her and she already had so much knowledge as well because back in the days I mean internet basically just came out so they just didn't, didn't have the opportunities that we have nowadays by going on google and researching things but or like they just started to have that let me correct that so Basically, what my mom did is she put me away from that school and sent me to a private school, which was a Montessori school. And that was basically the most life-saving decision that she could have done for myself. Because then there was <laughs> an outcast being surrounded by outcasts. <laughs> and I finally felt like I belong. I finally felt like I found a tribe and a family or classmates who truly understood what I was going through because we kind of all had the same issues in some way or the other like we just didn't fit in a system like the system wasn't made for us either because we had problems with spelling or writing or reading or whatever but as well the Montessori school system is just a really amazing place back in the days out of my perspective to teach people to be independent and to learn solution orientated so for me it was the perfect school it was so life-saving it changed my entire life and my entire being as well because there was no grades anymore you know <laughs> so I couldn't do bad in school anymore thankfully <laughs> but still um obviously the characteristic didn't change so there was still a lot of abuse present within my family which mostly was emotional but as well psychological and sometimes it came to physical abuse but it was in a frame where I would say like I feel like people can experience worse than what I experienced um, and also there I don't want to blame anyone because it did hurt back in the days but I'm really grateful for everything that I experienced because it made me the person that I am today and it basically let my consciousness arise and it let me wake up to the system and let me make this decision of like, no, I'm never going to do this again. And it brought me to becoming a mindfulness coach and going on this journey because basically what happened then was that through everything that I experienced, I started to really have depressions. And I started to really be depressed coming from that belief system that I'm not, that I'm worthless, that I'm stupid and that I don't belong and having all those thoughts in mind. So by the age of 13, 14, I realized that there's something not quite right with me in a way of how I felt about myself, in a way of how I was expressing myself. Like 
puberty was coming, you know, in puberty anyways, the brain starts to restructure itself. So <laughs> people who are teenagers just do not think normally anymore because they can't. They basically really can't. And I could not. And I, I couldn't deal with my emotions because they're my pain body and was so big that I couldn't handle it anymore. And back in that days, I really started to self-harm myself. So what I would do was like either I would cut myself or I would smash my head against walls or I would smash my head against doorways because I just really didn't knew how to deal with my emotions and because my parents didn't really work through their emotions or their pain, they weren't really emotional available for me. So I basically always had that feeling of not being loved or not being good enough or not being welcome or not being wanted as well because that was everything that I perceived from my parents or especially from my mother. My dad was just not always available because he was always at work and that would make my mom even more frustrated and then I was the only one at home so I always got her anger and her frustration placed on top of me. And there are so many um, pages of my diary where I'm just writing that, that I'm so sad, that I could cry the entire day, that I'm not loved, that nobody loves me. And that was some, that was like my mantra that really became my mantra. And um, so I started to really jump into a lot of relationships already in the early age, from the age of 13 to 14, because that was the way on how I coped my not being worthy situation through uh, um, <laughs> finding boyfriends who then make me feel love so I really were looking for love on the outside and of course as a teenager you don't really understand that that is something that you can provide to yourself no <laughs> so back in the days I did that and um, then I broke up with my first with my second boyfriend which as well was my first time and it may oh my gosh like it was my fault and I I made so many mistakes during that time because I literally didn't know how to deal anything I was an absolute disaster an absolute absolute emotional disaster really back in the days I already cheated on my partner like just to make that clear like I was fucking 14 years old I as well didn't had any clue of what I was doing there but like it was absolutely catastrophic like I was a terrible terrible person back in that days and when well, when we broke up, I basically had a complete nervous breakdown. Like I was sitting in one of my, in, in one in the corner of my room. I was holding myself like an embryo, you know, like having my feet up rolled to my chest, my arms around. And I was basically just like rolling back and forth the entire day, like the entire day for like hours. I was screaming. I was crying. I was like calling him. I was calling, I was calling his mother. I was calling the police back in the days and um, <laughs> telling them to come and please take me away from my home um, because my parents just didn't really knew how to deal with me and I can't really blame them to be completely honest because like I feel like if I would have not have the knowledge that I have right now I probably would 100% would have not known how to deal with myself either and I didn't know in that days of course as well so I was just a completely wreck and I was completely like completely 
not stable I was so unstable and I was like hurting a lot of people in that days as like during that time as well and it would go up until the age of 17 so that's a really long journey that we're going here my friends and I'm trying to keep that as short as possible there's a lot of drama in here <laughs> a lot of drama but that happened and um yeah so I thankfully had my best friend um And I had her mother, which started to really take a lot of care of me. And I slept, I started to sleep at their place basically almost every day. And I loved my my second mother. I always call her my second mother because back in that days, she really captured or she really started to hold the emotions that my mother wasn't able to hold in that moment, like my emotions. Not because she didn't want it to, but just simply because she couldn't. Because there was still a lot of pain from her past, which I feel like not going into into too much. But as I said, abuse has been part of my family for generations of generations. Like it already started with my grandpa, that um, my great-grandmother told my grandpa that she would would love to throw him out of the window because <laughs> um, she doesn't want to have him and just things like that to get you <laughs> like a tiny bit of an understanding of what kind of abuse I am talking about so I had my second mother and we had a, like really long conversation always and I remember that she was telling me basically like if I would not let anyone look at what I'm going through Um, that I would do the same to my children and I feel like that was like a knock in my head which I was like no this is not gonna happen I'm not gonna do the same shit to my children I don't want my children to suffer as much as I do like this is this is stopping and this is ending with me so I basically then went to school and I went to to the doctor <laughs> that day I took myself to the doctor to tell the doctor that I'm depressed and that I need some help and I was I feel like 15 years 15 years back then so like it's going a tiny bit around like I do not know particularly anymore if it, in which age line I was because it's so long ago and it feels like it's decades but if you ask me what I feel like I feel like it was like around the age of 15 because when I was 16 I know for sure I was by the psychologist already And with the age of, of 15, I went to the doctor and she basically subscribed me to a psychologist. So I went to a psychologist for a few years and that was like really nourishing for my soul. And it was something which I absolutely needed and it helped me improve in so many multiple ways. Um, yes, <laughs> I wasn't a psychologist. I still had so many changing partners during that time. Um that I really started to establish um, kind of a slutty, how do you say that? People basically called me a slut to say it straightforward because I had so many changing partners. But for me, it was never about the sexual act itself. For me, it was always just about looking for love. And my second mother already said that to my dad as well. One day she was like, you know, Laura is not looking for a boyfriend. Laura's looking for love. And I really was looking for love. So I had so many changing partners because I was always hoping to fill that hole that I was feeling in my inside of myself, to see that worth, to see that I am worthy, to see that I am loved, to see that I am something special, basically. And I didn't fill that hole by myself until I was 22 to 20 years old. 
I think that was the time where everything changed for me and I was like basically waking up and I was like, ah, what's happening there? <laughs> but already in that date, I started to meditate, even though it was like not a lot, but it's just like I did a few meditations here, I did a few meditations there because my mother as well was really religious and she believed a lot in angels so and she still does and there's an entire world to talk about angels but i really feel like it is not my jam e even though i do love them and i do believe that there are like frequencies or energies however you want to call it who are for sure somehow <laughs> in this 3d reality present or present in this free 3d reality as energy transformations that what i like to um, that's what I like to call them. So that's the first meditation that I started. And then I left when I was 18. And I left to, uh, to New Zealand. And I left because my mother made me go. <laughs> and my mother said like it would be so good for me to go and to see something else. Because she saw how many changing partners I had. And I feel she sensed that I was really not happy. Um, it was a bit difficult because um, back in the days, you know, people were not really thinking or believing that going to a psychologist would be necessary or would be something good. So even there, and my parents weren't really saying something against it but they as well weren't really supportive that I was going to a psychologist although they both went with me two times and it helped as well so it made things a tiny bit more easier that was in the age of 16. Now I'm again in my flowy feminine energy and jumping from back and forth and forth and back <laughs> but during those years really nothing special has happened or nothing which I feel mentioned it, apart from the slut shaming that was a big thing that's where, where we stopped now I get it again I have it I have it I have it <laughs> so yeah there was a lot of slut, sh slut shaming happening and then I broke up with one of my ex-partners and it went like this huge thing in my school. It was like so terrible and people really called me a slut everywhere. Like sometimes they were even like throwing little paper balls behind me on the floors. And I was like, oh, you really don't get it now, don't you? Like they really, of course not. We're teenagers. Teenagers can be so hard with each other. And like, <laughs> what do you expect from a teenager, you know? But that really hurt. It hurt on so many levels. And I know... I remember that during a time, there was like a time period where I really started to build like this protection shield around me because people were starting to tell really fake news about me. I remember one day I was like in the hospital because I had some issues with my stomach and I came back from it and people were like coming to me and being like, oh, Laura, you know, you would have not needed to uh, basically, how is it called? Ah get rid of your child i know they abort abort your child and i was like what the like <laughs> the fuck <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> which fucking child <laughs> what what the fuck <laughs> what's going on in your mind <laughs> and just stories like that and there were like multiple more and i feel like then the, it as well was like the invitation for some guys to be like just simply telling people that i was having sex with them but I didn't <laughs> and that went even better and better so uh, it was just like uh, it was a terrible time it was a really really terrible disaster there was like so much drama in my world so much drama and I had people writing me on Facebook like telling me what a slut I am and I was like I don't fucking even know you <laughs> do you know me do you know who I am do you know what's going on in my life so no so why are you texting me I don't get that like 
But of course, by now, <laughs> I do understand that they as well just had frustrations going on in their life and they needed someone to let it out one. So yeah, go to the one who is already in the victim role because they are always the best one to put their shit on top. Isn't it like that? <laughs> Not putting myself out there because I wasn't different during that age. Coming back to the point, since that, of course, heard it like shit when everybody's saying that you're a slut and it is basically just putting on top of that you're not worthy kind of topic that I was living during that time. I, of course, started to build like this protection shield around me. And then I really started to be like, well, you know what, you want to have a slut? Well, let me show you how slutty I can be. <laughs> and then not that I did had sex with a lot of people but then I became like this real dick like I became like such a ass to so many people I had this protection shield around me and I was like basically just looking I, I became like a tiny bit narcissistic because in the environment that I grew that I have been grown up I saw I've became so sensitive you know to people's emotions and to what would make people feel down and then I was just like this this fucking machine gun you know you would say something against me and I was like I would shoot back at you but to a point where you're like in the floor and not talking to me anymore because I'm done with you you know <laughs> I, I made you I like I killed you basically never physically but mostly really with my words I became so sharp with my with my words it's, it's actually quite good because like not it was not quite good don't misunderstand me but I, I learned so much out of that time which is still really helpful for myself because then I started to become really into NLP and into reading body language and into not being manipulated again and then I became like the master manipulator which was like yeah now I know that this is a really helpful tool which you can use um, to um, actively help people to change their state of mind to change what they're going through and to influence someone on a better level because in the end we never really not influencing each other we are always influencing each other by just the way how we are sharing and what we're talking and what we're telling and how we're speaking how we are articulating like we are always influencing there is not a way on not to influence someone else um through your body because subconsciously you always read body language and you always and you can use that really wisely if you are aware of that coming back to it so I had this entire phase of becoming like this dick and then well school ended and my mom wanted to send me to New Zealand and as well sent me to New Zealand because she felt that I was like, well, she saw how much I was, because during that time then as well, I really started to rebel against her as well. And I was like, no, I'm not taking this shit anymore. Like I'm done with it. Like it felt like during that time, I really found my inner fire, which was so necessary and so needed. As I told you in the beginning, like we all have this darkness and this light inside of us. And I found like my darker parts like ah, oh, shadow work is so amazing and I can't wait to talk with you more about that because if you are using your shadow like this fire inside of you consciously it can be such an amazing tool but back in the days I really lived that out so I came to New Zealand and that was the moment where everything changed for me it really did because I was in New Zealand it was three months that I was separated from my parents three months that I was separated from that abuse and where I was just with myself where I was surrounded in a 
in a field which they knew my past history, which they knew that I was like a slut or how they call like a slut, like yeah, <laughs> or a whore, whatever they called me, but where I was just me, you know, whatever that me was in that in that version of the time and. I felt for the first time of my life, I really had the opportunity to just be who I really was, to be this present being, to be this gentle and kind and compassionate soul which was lying within me. And I felt so free. I felt so powerful and so calm and so peaceful. And that is when I understood that I was not happy at all before and I was super depressed before and that my life was a complete disaster before and that, well, that I just don't want to live a life like that anymore. That was like, I it was so clear in my mind because I saw what is possible and I saw how I could feel and how free I could be. And I went back to Germany and then like, wow. I hit rock bottom. That was my rock bottom point. Like, honestly, like, after that, geez, I became so depressed as well because that was the time when my when I realized more that my dad really had an alcohol issue and when that topic started to become more present within our family. And I always said back in the days when my mom and I had so many fights and when I didn't receive the love that I, I needed... If I wouldn't have my dad, I would already have killed myself. And I meant that. I really meant that. In the younger years, if my dad would have not been there for me, even though he was only there for a few hours on the weekend, I I would have not made it. Like, I, I'm 100% certain that I would not be here because my dad at least gave me some kind of feeling of being real loved. Although my mom tried her best as well and she had she had her moments. She really had her moments oh, and she's so beautiful. She made such a great transition now. But coming back to the point, where was I? So my dad, <laughs> so my dad, I figured out that he, well, he had a problem with alcohol and then that just made my entire world smash. Like I, everything broke down. Everything has fallen in its pieces. It was the worst realization for me together with being back in Germany I felt so caged and so trapped and my mother said like you can go because I came back and I said like I'm gonna leave again like this is it like I'm not gonna stay here I want to pack my bags I want to go and I, I want to leave like I'm, I'm serious I want to go and she said like you can go once you made your apprenticeship once you kind of saved your future <laughs> so I had to do that and I did that <laughs> I did that I made um I made a training as an office clerk with um, focusing on event management back in the years. But I was so depressed. And that was, I started to go back to the psychologist again. And that was the time period as well where I did found Buddhism for myself. So because I had so much pain within me, um, I had a friend who was basically telling me that where she was like going to the center to meditate and she tried like I think she told me twice that I should come and the second time she invited me I was like you know what right now I go there and I went there and I kind of never left it <laughs> it felt amazing I read a book I read a book which was called don't worry be grumpy and um, this book was life-changing it was like like this book about many Buddhist short stories and that was the way how of how I found my path more and more to mindfulness you know and I started to really meditate actively every single day 
or not every single day but like twice a week and that was like when I was around well 18 19 so it was a it was a fun time to maybe it was more 19 than 18 anyways <laughs> anyways but I as well I my depression hit me really hard and I hit rock bottom and it was on a point where like everything was so grayish and my world lost all his colors like I didn't I didn't felt anything anymore it was so weird I felt like I was like basically just an observer of a movie but I wasn't playing in that movie anymore and that basically was my life you no know? and it was for that every day and I remember myself driving my car and having thoughts like it would be so easy to easy to just hit that wall but then when I had that thought I as well thought about everybody in my family and I was like oh, they would not be able to come clear with that <laughs> so I couldn't I just couldn't um and so again, I went to the psychologist and then I went to the psychiatrist um, because my psychologist started to get worried about me too because I wasn't able to sleep anymore and I was lying awake for hours at night. Um, I remember that I had a feeling of like there was constantly electricity going through my body and I just couldn't couldn't go to sleep anymore and I had those huge negative self-talk and I started to become aware of that self-talk in that time period where I was like constantly making myself down and then basically I got anti-depression pills and it was said like yeah we're gonna you know make a plan for you on how you can leave the pills again but I was 19 years old so nobody really took care over me in that sense and nobody ever talked with me of how I can get rid of the pills but it was just like you're gonna take that and you know never kind of ask about it again <laughs> and that's how it felt so after two months I had a checkup with the with the doctor again he's like oh so how do you feel on the pills I was like well yeah, I'm feeling then she's like do you have any side effects like not that they ever told me the side effects or so <laughs> so I was like no and she's like yeah, okay that's fine after uh, a year I realized I had side effects but I just didn't notice that I had them <laughs> because basically during that time period where I took antidepressants I everything was just like I didn't care about anything anymore like I wasn't really bad sad because of the antidepression I couldn't get really sad but I wasn't really happy either so I was just like this kind of a machine that was going on around and I again cheated a lot of my ex-partner during that time period and then I said to my best friend I guess I know I should feel bad about it <laughs> but I don't like I just it just doesn't feel wrong in my body like honestly consciously I am aware mentally that I should feel bad about this but I just don't feel it and it came to a point where my friends were actually saying to me like Laura you know if you continue to be like that like we don't think that we can be friends with you anymore and I was like well fuck this shit is real <laughs> so I came in a relationship where I again <laughs> where I felt really safe and really seen and I'm to this day, I am so grateful for this relationship because it was my savior during that time period because I did felt so safe and so established and my ex-partner was really wise. He was so conscious and he taught me a lot. I decided myself to get off my medication and to therapy myself, basically. And so I did that. Everything went well. <laughs> Everything went amazingly. Um, until six months were passed um, because then basically my hormones started to be in a real normal level again and I didn't have any medication in my system anymore everything was back in balance and fuck shit like <laughs> I if you 
don't know how emotions feel for an entire year. The moment... Oh, sorry, that was my alarm. The moment you feel them again, it's just like, what the fuck is, <laughs> what the fuck is this? And how do I deal with that? <laughs> it came back to me and to the point that I've never dealt with my emotions before, you know. And now I all of a sudden had this like bunch of emotions that I, I haven't felt in a year. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Do, do all people always feel like that? How, how do they... How do they survive? <laughs> like this is, you can't live with that. <laughs> ah, so yeah, I went to Australia and I started my teacher training as a yoga teacher. And that basically was the pie where I started my mindfulness journey and where I started to be like, you know what? <laughs> I am not gonna go back on pills again. I'm not gonna do it again. I'm I'm gonna stay sober. And nah, I'm not going to go back to the psych psychologist or the psychiatrist. Like, don't see how this is serving me. Because the only thing which actively really helped me to stay calm and present and peaceful within myself is meditation. So, uh, you know what? I'm going to find a natural way of healing myself. And then I'm going to share this way with everyone. And I was 22 during that time period. So I already meditated for many years. I did yoga. did yoga more actively since I was... 19 and that became my teacher that became my practice in every day to heal myself from depression and to teach myself on how can I deal naturally with my emotions <laughs> and how to can I how can I overcome that trauma that is within myself and it is present until that day like I'm still observing so many emotions out of that time of course because there's so much conditioning happening in me or still is present within me but ah oh, compared to what i had been going through to what i'm experiencing now like i feel like i'm in heaven like i created this really safe environment for myself where i'm giving myself the allowance to be who i am and it was an entire journey of realizing who I'm not to understand who I am and who I want to be and now I have the choice the chance to actively choose that and to actively go for that and that as well all basically has happened that you know I, I just told you about the ex-partner who was super wise and um who I really appreciated like he separated from me in a really bad way but that's a different story but this separation made me wake up it really made me wake up in a sense of understanding that I am responsible for my emotions and that I cannot blame anyone else for what I'm going through. If I want to change my life, then I have to own up to my own shit and I have to take what I can and turn the best out of it because we're all going through our stuff and we all have tough and hard times. But we're the creator of that. <clears throat> and it was like this book of Eckhart Tolle, which I read which is called The New Earth, and I can highly recommend that to anyone who would love to go more in-depth in their own spiritual journey or who would love to have a better understanding. This, this book, it changed my life. It really changed my life, and it made me wake up to the illusion that I was living in before. It made me wake up to this mental image that I was creating about myself of, ah, this is Laura, this is what Laura is wearing, this is what Laura is doing, and made me really understand that this is changing in every single second, in every single moment, I am someone else, I am someone new, and I can change to what I want to, I can manifest the future that I desire, and in the end, the room for all 
possibilities and for everything is open for me. Yeah. And if I believe in it, I can do it. <laughs> and I did in multiple other levels. And now, well, now it's a new new chapter in my life and a new, new way that I'm working through. But for now, I do actually feel like this is everything which I have to say today. This is the reason why I'm sitting here today. Why I am doing what I am doing. Of course, there were like years now of healing in between that. And basically with 22 was when I started to take on that healing journey. And I went through a lot and I I got so many exercises, so many to-dos, but it's not over yet. And I'm so excited to take you with me on this journey and to share with you even more and to grow with you and to learn with you because I feel like this is all what I want now, that I have been so disconnected with myself for so many years, so disconnected from society and so much putting so much hate out there and now I just really feel like I want to share love I really want to share love and there's like this beautiful exercise which is like um which is called the seven deep dive and it's from Dean Graciosius and I learned that one when I started my entrepreneur journey it was like the real reason why like why do I want to do it like why do I want to start this business what is the real reason and <laughs> when I did that this exercise for me what I found is the real reason why I want to do it is because I want to give and experience real love like real unconditional love and that not just for myself but for everyone that is crossing my path for everyone that is surrounding myself because I never had that <laughs> my entire life I was trapped in conditional love that I always try to do something to feel love and now I know that love is always accessible and love is always present even in a moment where we feel like we're lost and we're disconnected but it all is following a higher purpose and all I want to do is just experience that I want to experience unconditional love towards myself and with that share unconditional love with everyone that is crossing my path well, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that little journey in my childhood and that little uh, that little journey around. I'm sure we're going to go more in depth about that in other topics. I'm so excited with um, to talk with you about, well, all the topics that I've already written down on my list here. Ugh, this is going to be a great and amazing time. And if you liked what you heard or you're curious into... Uh, I don't know, into hearing more about it, please don't forget to subscribe to this channel. <laughs> and for now, I just feel like, I don't know, end this podcast with just a five minutes quick meditation. So if you have the time, find yourself in a comfortable, comfortable position and simply close your eyes. Just take a deep breath into your stomach. And let it go. Let's make this real, real, real juicy. Allow yourself to just sit here for maybe let's say two minutes and just focus on your breathing. Find that connection to yourself. Focus on the inhale and feel how the air is filling your entire being. Focus. The exhalation, and leaving it all behind, all the stress, all the worries, just you connected to your center, connected with yourself. And now 
Can you feel your toes without peeking? Can you just sense inside of your very own being, inside of your very own energy field, your body, the aliveness of your body that is always present within yourself? Can you sense that? Can you feel in that? Maybe you can expand that and go from your little toe to your entire foot. Maybe you can sense that in both of your feet, left and the right, and expand that too in your legs. If you shift your attention to your fingers, how does that feel for you? Without peeking? Can you do you know that your pinky finger is there? How is that feeling inside of your body? In your hands, in your arms, your chest, in your stomach, your back, up to your throat. Your entire head up to your third eye, your crown chakra. Can you just sit there bathing in your own aliveness, the aliveness of your body, your being? Give yourself some appreciation for being alive and for being here. Thank you so much, love, for listening. Thank you so much for being here. I wish you the most beautiful day. I hope I see you soon. All the love, all the light.